the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's the most wonderful time in eight years. Yet some kids are protesting while Trump fans investing their time with good cheer. Sing it's the most wonderful time in eight years. Welcome to another edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. We are at President Trump plus eight days, and it seems like it's been eight weeks for all the all the things that he has accomplished and done in his first eight days. Uh, my name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I am joined by my co-host, Don Dix, the chapter leader of Act for America in Corona. And, uh, you know, we're still playing that, uh, qu- that that Christmas song. It's the most wonderful time in eight years, that variation on that uh, great Christmas song. Uh, two reasons. One is because it's true. It is the most wonderful time in eight years. And second, because Don has not come up with our new opening uh, opening music yet. The problem is there's so many great you know, sound bites of Donald Trump over the last year and a half. I'm having a, a little bit of a problem trying to decide which ones to actually make the final cut. But we promise you next week, tune in for the brand new intro featuring the, the greatest hits of Donald Trump. And apparently this week we found out that Donald Trump does indeed have a phone and a pen. How many executive orders did he sign in total this week? I've I've kind of lost count, but it, it, it's it's almost every day he's doing stuff that you know if he did it if he did it in a week you'd be oh yeah he's doing a good job. Yeah, I'm thinking, Don, pace yourself, man. You don't want to run out of stuff uh, here in the first two weeks, but. You know, there's so much damage to undo, and there's so much to talk about, you know, not just news flow, but, you know, sort of unpacking, you know, what what's happening, what's happened, and what do we do from here? And I can't think of anyone else other than uh, the great Evan Sayet to join us to kind of unpack all that, decompress, find out what's up, and, uh, you know, hear from Evan what's on his radar so, Evan it great to have you with us again. Thank you for all of your great work and making yourself available to join us and uh, for our listeners to be able to hear from you. It's my pleasure. And do you realize, guys, that at this point in the Obama administration, Obama already went on his first vacation? It, this, at this point in the Trump administration, going back eight years, you're saying that Obama had already taken a vacation. That's what the joke was. I guess it wasn't that good a joke. Oh, I thought it was factual. I thought, I'm sorry. I thought you'd uncovered a pearl of fact. It's, it's, yes, you're right. That is, that he, it's probably true. And as we know, all humor is based in an element of truth, right? I'm not going to disagree with you, all right? <laughs> well, Evan, welcome to the show. You good are- humor is, and, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt again, but may I make a suggestion for your opening instead of doing all this difficult editing, just play the Al Smith dinner that I wrote. There you go. Now, not too many people may be aware of this. Uh, the Al Smith dinner is the roast between Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, and you're, you had a, a major hand in that. Yeah, other than the times when he went off script. I mean, I wrote it. Wow. That is, that is and, and, you know, there were some uncomfortable moments there, but they were all truthful. But And they were, look... It, 
there was a decision that had to be made. Tradition uh, with the Al Smith dinner is it comes after the last debate, and it shows that even though we fight uh, tooth and nail against each other, we can get along, look how civil we are. And it starts off with some self-deprecating jokes and a couple of light taps at your opponent, and look, we, we really do love each other as an America great. But how do you run a campaign the way that we have run this campaign, which is saying, uh, no, Hillary's not great. Maybe she should even be in jail. You know, and, and then the very next day, do that, it, it, would, it would have come off as not only fake, but it would have undermined everything else that we had been saying. If you, if you really believe it, then how can you do that? And if you don't really believe it, then why have you been saying it? And you definitely drew blood at that uh, event. Yeah. It was, it got, uh, I can remember watching Maria Bartiromo over Hillary's uh, and Donald's shoulders gasping at some of the things that uh, unfolded. Yeah, I, I saw her cleavage heave as well. So that's what she's trying to say. <laughs> you went there, man. You went there. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, I mean, that's all. It, just because of the way the camera was set up, they were prominent. But you know, yes. They just were. I, they were so, indeed. They were indeed. Well, gosh, you know, you have. Uh, I would say about my my, my favorite, one of my favorite lines from that. You guys reminded reminded me of it is when Donald Trump says that when he was coming in, he 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 bumped into Hillary Clinton, and Hillary said, "Pardon me." <laughs> yeah, he said, "We'll talk about it after I'm inaugurated." <laughs> yep. <laughs> and by the way, I I had some rougher stuff in there too. Um, I one one of the lines that didn't get used that that I'll probably start to use in my act. But it, you know, I never know what to call my opponents. I've known her now for thirty something years, and, and when when I first got to know her, she was Hillary Rodham. Uh, then she became Hillary Clinton, and then when she wanted to show she was her own woman, she was Hillary. Ro she was just yeah. I'm sorry, she was Hillary Rodham Clinton, and then when she didn't, she was uh, just Hillary. And next year, if I get my way, she'll be known as inmate number four two seven five three. I wonder if that's I wonder if that's something that uh, is percolating in the back of uh, the Oval Office somewhere. You think that that's something that we'll be looking forward to here in uh, the future with Donald Trump? I'll, I'll tell you the truth. If I were the president or if I were advising the president, I would say you hand it over to the Justice Department. You hand it over to Comey. You let the official and rightful people take care of it and you stay out of it completely you mr president are forward-looking let the justice department do what the justice department does yeah he needs to separate himself it can't it can't be like it came from him absolutely right i think they should they, uh, sessions has already recused himself from the case but his deputy not to be has not been named yet should look at it and say well we just need to have a special counsel investigate this and bring in somebody who is not political who has a reputation of a straight shooting prosecutor for many years and let he or she make the call on this i mean in my view she's clearly and obviously guilty but let somebody who is not political make that call one way or another right and look we do we do have precedent for this uh, slightly different but but when uh, with richard nixon and his being pardoned by gerald ford you know do we really need to drag the nation down into this? 
uh, when we have so much work to be done. Um, on the other hand, can you let somebody get away with this um, and, and still be a law and order and, and, a, and a society of laws? So it's, it's really a tough call, and I can understand either direction the president and, and the administration were to go. Well, you have some thoughts on why all of this stuff is happening, why Brexit, why what's unfolding in France with Le Pen, and why Trump. And let's get into that after the break. We're going to take a quick break here to honor one of our sponsors for the United IE Radio Show. And when we come back, more with Evan Sayet, the great comedian, the great political pon- uh, pontificator, and great humorist. We'll be back in a moment after a message from... Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation. Ed is a great patriot and the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial more with the great evan say it after this message hey larry elder here now if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start call my friend ed hoffman at wholesale capital corporation rates are great right now and from what ed tells me there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate you need a lender you can count on and i can vouch for ed he'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family just give ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know, Ed, he's a good guy who'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the home for the most important political office, that of private citizen. We're talking to Evan Sayet, a uh, a great guy. He wrote the speech for <laughs> the Al Smith dinner. Uh, we just talked about that. His book, The Kindergarten of Eden, How the Modern Liberal Thinks. If you don't have that in your library, uh, you definitely have to get it because part of the battle we have coming up is reaching out to the left to make sure they understand why uh, Trump is happening and converting them over to our side. Evan's website, Evan Sayet, S-A-Y-E-T dot com. Evan, why Brexit, why Le Pen, and why Trump? All right, this is kind of deep, so so let me uh, lay it out best I can. All right, after World War II, it was generally recognized, overwhelmingly recognized, especially by the Western world, that nothing like national socialism can ever be allowed to happen again. Nothing like Nazism, nothing like national socialism can ever be allowed to happen again. The left took advantage of this, and they convinced the world that the problem with national socialism was nationalism. The problem with this is that the problem with national socialism wasn't nationalism, it was socialism. In fact, nationalism is a morally neutral term. It can be a force for evil if the nation you love is an evil nation. If you you are a fan of Nazi Germany and that's your nationalist fervor, yeah, it's a force for evil. On the other hand, if you're a fan of America, if you're a fan of Great Britain, not only is nationalism not a force for evil, not only is it a force for good, but it's one of the very few and maybe the only bulwark against the evils of socialism. 
No, yeah, Nazi Germany was nationalist fervor, but if the British didn't adore Great Britain the way they did, why stand up to Hitler? Why stand up to the bombing? Why fight back? If your nation is nothing special, if the other nation is nothing bad, then, then why go through all that sacrifice of blood, sweat, and tears? Uh, same thing with America. If America... If Americans didn't recognize America's greatness, then why go through the travails of the Cold War? Why fight against the Soviet Union? The only answer is the, you have to recognize that America is worth fighting for. So what the left did was they fought to destroy nationalism, the bulwark against the evils of socialism. The way they did it in Europe was to create a supranational organization, the European Union. Right? There was no longer a Germany, there was no longer a Great Britain, there was no longer a France, there was just the EU. The way they did it in America was to try to divide the Union. So you were no longer an American, you were an African-American, you were an Irish-American. You were... This, right now, is the first great battle, because we've been slow to this culture war, the patriots. Mm -hmm. you know, by the way, the left has been so successful in denigrating the concept of patriotism that to the left, and to many who, who just blindly follow the left, even the word patriot has become a synonym for terrorist. Right. Obama used, right? Obama actually used a search engine and, and, and sick the IRS against people and groups that had the word patriot in their organization. To be patriotic is, is to be a terrorist in, in the minds of the left. So this now is the first big battle. Because we have always, the good people have always been slow to war. Always. We were slow to World War One. We were slow to World War Two. We were slow to the Cold War. They put Sputnik up before we even got started. Uh, and we've been slow to the culture war. But this has been, this battle that's being fought in Europe and in America is now socialism versus nationalism. And the truth is, it's the socialism that is the evil. And in fact, if you look at the deepest beliefs of the Nazis, of the, of the National Socialists, they are exactly the same beliefs as the International Socialists of today. One of the biggest things, obviously, is that socialists believe that a human being is defined by the blood in their, in their, in their veins. Not by the content of the character, but so, for example, if you were 132nd Jewish, then you, you died. In America, it's if you're 132nd Cherokee, you get tenure. All right, they're very different outcomes, but the concept that blood defines your value is a value that is shared both by the National Socialists and the International Socialists. You know, along the same line, race. It's the Democratic Party, it's the socialists in America who, like the, like the national socialists, think that race defines a person. So if you're white, you've had privilege. Uh, if you're black, your life matters, but nobody else's. La Raza means the race. And, and so there are so many things, if you go down the list of things, including who the Democrats and, and, and the socialists, are allied with in World War II, Hitler was allied with the Muslims and against the Jews. Who is the Democratic Party aligned with? The Muslims against the Jews of Israel. So if you look up and down the line, it's the socialism where the out where, where, where 
the tactics that they take may be different, but the core belief between National Socialism and International Socialism are incredibly paralleled. Let me, let me interrupt you for a point there. Is one of the great political lies of, of, of my life has been that the Nazis are just more extreme Republicans. When, in fact, the Nazis, National Socialists, as you're calling them correctly, belong firmly on the political left. Oh, absolutely. It was. It was totally socialism that they that they uh, cheered on through nationalism. And by the way, what is so essential to, to to the socialists in America and the socialists of Nazi Germany was a sense of grievance, victimization. They were victimized by the Versailles Treaty, and that justified their behaviors. And in America. The women are, 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 are victimized by a, a, a patriarchy, and blacks are victimized by whites, and gays are victimized by straights. There's this idea that anything you do is justified because you've been victimized is the same in national socialism and international socialism. Did you see the uh, there, there was a, a televised some event where candidates for the Democrat National Committee chair were vying with each other. And did you hear this one woman who was saying that her job and the Democrat Party's job should be to uh, get white people to shut up? Right. It, it, it is totally a race-based ideology. And so was Hitler, right? The master race. All right? In this one, they don't declare themselves the master race, but they declare the white people the villainous race. You know, the white people are the scapegoats. Uh, there's the, the 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 names and the uh, specifics may have changed. Of course, they have according to circumstances. For one thing, Hitler had to be more vicious because he had nationalism to fight against. Other other nations were going to fight back against him. Whereas international socialism, because that bulwark of nationalism has been destroyed, no longer has any imperative to to get it done immediately. So Hitler needed Hitler youth. And he hasn't changed them instantly. Whereas the Democratic Party and the International Socialists know they can take their time, slowly indoctrinate them through the 20 years of the uh, education system, and by the time they get out, hopefully have built yet another fervent socialist. And we saw the army unleashed on Washington, D.C. during the inauguration. All those young people dressed up in black outfits with black head, you know, headgear with their faces covered. This is these are the these are the brown shirts of today. That, that is absolutely right. It, and and the left always uses violence, you know. And and of course, the propaganda of the right uses violence. Where where has the right been violent? Everywhere in 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 America. I mean, William Ayers killed, murdered people. He's now you know a, a god of the leftist movement. He's a professor at. Uh, Oh, by University of Chicago, I think. Yes. And more importantly, he's a, he's a professor of education. That, that is correct. He, so the next generation about education comes from him. Uh, and this is what they warned us. When, when they couldn't beat us in the 60s, they said, if we can't get to you, we'll get to you through your children. And as I said, we allowed them to do this. You know, we allowed them to take over the schools, literally at gunpoint. Literally putting a gun to the head of the, the, the provost, the president of Columbia University, putting a gun to the heads of other uh, provosts and, and, and presidents of other universities. It was a violent takeover, and we didn't fight back. 
Again, we are always slow to the fight because good people don't want to fight. We are always slow to the fight because we're the true liberals, lowercase l. Live and let live. But when it gets to a certain point where we have to begin to fight, we fight and we fight to win. We excellent. fought to win World War One. We fought to win World War Two. We will win this fight. This is an excellent setup and a foundation for your thoughts on why Brexit, Le Pen, and Trump. We'll get back with the specifics of why Trump after a break from our sponsor for this half hour. Again, Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. More with Evan Sayet after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Reno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday, 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. And again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by California DRE, broker license number 01147747. And California Financers Lenders License number 603K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603K610. NMLS 9873. AM 590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. Andrew Breitbart said that culture is upstream of politics, and we were just talking about the culture war and that the election of Donald Trump is really that first battle in reclaiming the American culture. And we're on the line with us today. We have Evan Sayet of evansayet.com, who's both a serious political commentator as well as a conservative comedian. And we're pleased to have his thoughts on the Donald Trump election and revolution. And he's going to be talking about why we got Brexit, why we have Donald election of Donald Trump, and why nationalist, conservative, more conservative candidates in Europe seem to be doing well, like Marine Le Pen, Gert Wilders in the Netherlands, and others. Evan. Well, first of all, socialism is evil, all right? It may come from a good place, very often does, but even if it starts off uh, benign, it cannot long remain benign and remain socialism because it's a lie. It, it is not merit-based. It is, it is based, in fact, on the antithesis of merit. I mean, Ayn Rand made a great point about communism, which is nothing other than socialism's big sister. In fact, really, the difference between socialism and communism is, 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 is just uh, lingo, uh, just semantic, in that in one case, the government, you own your business, but the government tells you how to run it. And the other one, the government runs the business. There really is no difference. It's just the government telling you how to run your life. Uh, and because of that, the businesses are going to fail because the government doesn't have one knowledge, a specific knowledge about your business and including your personal business. Uh, and, and two suffers no consequences when they're wrong. You know, I need to make a good decision because my life circumstances depend on my being right. The government doesn't need to be right. Barack Obama lives exactly the same cushy life whether he sends me a welfare check or he doesn't send me a welfare check. It's not his money. He's going to get rich no matter what. And so you get 
corruption, and as the failures mount, you then have to in, in, impose even more rules. You have to impose even more uh, regulations, keeping people... I mean, a great example is political correctness started out as just, uh, you know, don't say racist things. But and more and more, it had to become Orwellian newspeak with more and more controls to the point where now, even if you don't say anything, they know what you're thinking because it's a dog whistle that they heard, but nobody else did. So so, um, so in, in, in one minute and just a little bit more than that, how did all of I mean, the people across America probably weren't thinking like you were describing all this. What was it that happened that gave us Donald Trump? I. More than anything, I mean, the specific was Obamacare, all right? Because there was this intellectual loop on the left that said the American people are stupid because they have jobs. If they weren't stupid, they'd be like us and, and, and not have jobs. They'd talk for a living. They'd be actors. They'd be super. The, the American people are stupid. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take money from them. Tell them that they don't deserve the money that they've earned because, you know, if they have a business, they didn't build it. We're then going to send it to our constituents so they will vote for us. And Obamacare was a perfect example. These good, hardworking, $50,000 a year people who had paid for their health insurance now had their health insurance premiums triple to pay for the people who didn't bother to buy health insurance in the past. And when those bills started coming into their faces, over and over and over again with Barack Obama swearing to them that you could keep your doctor. Well, they couldn't keep their doctor, that you were going to save money. No, their premiums tripled. It was just the quintessential iconic liberal socialist policy. And that was the last straw. We are, we are out of time for this segment, but I, I want to continue this discussion. We're talking to Evan Sayet, evansayet.com, author of the book, Kindergarten of Eden, How the Modern Liberal Thinks. It belongs in your library. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. That uh, intro music was from Bruce Springsteen, Living in the Future. That is Evan's favorite intro music. We want to continue the discussion we were having about why Donald Trump. And Evan was explaining that uh, it's based on the disaster of Obamacare, restricted doctor networks, and... Uh, Higher premiums, just up twenty-five uh, percent nationwide average this year, and that that was that was a key that was a, that was a key factor. Well, I, I think it was the quintessential iconic example of things that have been foisted upon the working people of America. It, it wasn't just that; it was certainly brewing, and obviously that's not what brought about Brexit. That's not what brought about, but that was it, it's the entire sense that people with no knowledge of the individual and no consequences to themselves in their policies are undermining the hardworking people of Europe, undermining the hardworking people of America. I think the I think the latter is the real key factor. I mean, Obamacare and, and premiums that was certainly important, but it was this sense that these people up in Washington or in in Europe, in Brussels, with the EU, that they're living well. And they're making policy, and that those policies are hurting us, the workers, with open borders for trade, open borders for immigration, and other things. Right, and and, and, and but, we we agree we agree completely on that. Only that that Obamacare was the quintessential and perfect example of it. I, I agree with that. 
But then there's another aspect of, of, of Donald Trump is that the political correctness we talked about is he said F you to political correctness. And I think there's a lot of pe- Americans out there that just don't like being told what they can say and what they can think. I, I agree. You know, in the very first segment, I believe, maybe it was the second segment, we talked about this being a culture war, that it's really a war. And when you go to war, you want General Patton. All right. You don't care if he's vulgar. You don't care if he slapped that kid in the face. You don't care. You want General Patton. And we just didn't get a sense that any of the career politicians uh, were were going to be this warrior. They were going to fight within the system, perhaps, but they were also going to be collegial like Senate colleagues are. And they they were going to follow the, the the protocols and but we don't want that we want somebody to defeat the nazis we want somebody to defeat the soviets we want somebody to defeat the enemy and it seemed to us that 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 donald trump is is a george Patton. you know in an earlier incarnation of what i just said i described uh, uh, trump as our jack bauer all right you don't believe in torture uh you're not even sure it works but you know that you've captured a terrorist mastermind that's a bomb that's about to go off, and you don't have time to go through the usual protocol, which is to get to know the terrorist, become his friend, win over his confidence, and in two or three years, he'll let you know his secrets. So you know what? We'll, get, we'll, we'll turn him over to Jack Bauer. We'll turn our eyes so that we, you know, we can't be complicit. And Jack, do what you have to do. You know, you made a point when we were talking before we went on the air of saying that you are rewatching, you're addicted to watching the election night coverage between uh, the, you know, the more conservative view that was uh, hosted by Fox and the more liberal, obviously, the meltdowns that occurred on the right. There was a similar mm-hmm. meltdown that occurred on Inauguration Day. If you were to compare and contrast the coverage of his inauguration speech, you know, he that inauguration speech was ripped apart by the left. Uh, everybody from you know Chris Matthews to all the other pundits who just denigrated everything that he was saying this is we are we are witnessing a revolution aren't we no we we absolutely are um this war and and this is great cuz we've now gone full circle but this war is one that the left has been fighting nonstop not since the 60s but even since the 50s and and immediately after World War II, when they recognized this was going to be, there was an opportunity to eliminate their enemy, which was nationalism, and promote their ideology, which was socialism. And they've been promoting and fighting and waging this war, and we haven't been. And this now is, I I compare it literally to landing at Normandy, right? We finally entered the war, we finally massed our troops, we finally got onto their territory, and there's a hell of a battle, many, 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 many battles. They're not going to give up easily, no more easily than the Japanese did. I mean, but we are in the war now, and this is, we have landed at, we are, we have landed on the beaches of Normandy. That, that is a great analogy, because it's, it is just the first battle. We, we had a great victory, but... We're now in going to be the third and hardest phase of making America great again or winning the war. The culture war is now actually doing it once we've once Donald Trump is in office. And it's one of the and points they're going to fight us. 
I'm sorry, and they're going to fight us tooth and nail. Oh. And if you think they're going to learn anything from this and, and, and be conciliatory, no, they're going to double down. All you need to do is listen to those speeches that are unfolded on the mall on the 21st between Ashley Judd, Madonna, and the others to know exactly, you know, they're not rolling over. But this, because this, when I when I look for when I look for insight into how to live a good life, I think Ashley Judd and Madonna. <laughs> well said. There's, but there's another aspect of, of electing Donald Trump is that up to this point, the politics is, our politics has been very rigid. The, the conservatives pushing a little back, the liberals pushing back, a little more taxes, less taxes, a little more regulation, less regulation. But with Donald Trump, this whole system is breaking up. And how it's going to reform itself, it's unclear. I, I, I use the analogy that when I chose to support Donald Trump early on, is that you have this corrupt and incompetent Washington establishment, and they're like this, the, the initial cluster of balls in the game of pool, the triangle of balls all clustered together. And Donald Trump was the cue ball that I was sending into that mass as hard and fast as I possibly could to break it up. And where they're going to go? I love that. It's a great analogy. And where they're going to go? I'm not sure, but it opens up possibilities of doing things that were that never could be done before. Whether it's immigration here's, here's, or education or or or, 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 re, or rebuilding the country, all there's possibilities that just could not exist with anyone else. But here's here's the bottom line to me. You know, there was a time not that long ago, World War II, and even post-World War II, when, when still the World War II people like John Kennedy were, were in power, where it was okay to move the, the ball between the 40-yard lines because we had the same values. We all loved America. Um, we all knew how important our Judeo-Christian heritage was. And so, yeah, they really were rather minor. Okay, look, the government should spend more, the government should spend less, but it's towards the same end. But since then, the left has become the enemy. They don't love America. They hate America. They don't value Judeo-Christian values. They despise them. And so now, going just a little bit this way and a little bit that way, when they have taken over the game, that won't suffice. We absolutely have to go back. And one more point. I know we're running late. But I think Donald Trump may lead us to the greatest time in our history for one simple reason. The things that we have to do are so obvious and so simple. It's the leftism and, and the socialist policies that were convoluted and, and, and insane. Right? There's really not lower taxes. That'll stimulate the economy. Right? You don't need to create these Washington-based programs. Of course, build the XL pipeline. Of course you do. You know, Fight our enemies. Of course you do. There are so many things that are, that are just so obvious that we've gotten away from because we let the pseudo-intellectual leftist socialists create this environment that, that that is just convoluted and wrong Evan, and, we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to leave it here because we have we have an, we have another great guest coming up after after this segment not, not, but not, thank not you not as great as me though wait not no. as great as me though right of course okay. of course not of course not <laughs> almost maybe almost but of course not as, not as great we want to thank you so much for joining us your website evansayat.com you're gonna have a coming out with a with a video of one of your performances and i understand the uh your possible working title is evan say it a deplorable mind that's it. It'll so, be out in the next couple of weeks, so keep an eye out for it. Look for that. Thank you again, and thank you for everything you're doing. We'll, we'll talk to you hopefully in the near future. Get an update. Okay. God bless you, Evan. God bless you guys. Love you. We'll be back in a moment after a break from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to go when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. 
I'll be back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are so pleased to have as our next guest on on this week's show, Rebecca Friedrichs, who uh, 28-year teacher and... Uh, We'll talk about her cause for celebrity in just a second here. But she's also the daughter of two of the members of our group, uh, Chuck and Maggie Brummett. So we, we know her from that, from in that context. And she was, up to last year, she was a plaintiff in a lawsuit challenging the California Teachers Association and the, the way they t- make all teachers and all government employees pay dues to these very political government employee unions. And with the death of, death of Justice Scalia, that case failed in the U.S. Supreme Court. Up to that, up to his death, it appeared that uh, she was going to win and free all government employees across the nation from having to pay money to government employee unions, which are really, in essence, arms of, uh, of the Democrat Party. Welcome, Rebecca Friedrichs, to our show. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you again. It is awesome to have you, and what you have, the reason that you're uh, here is that you recently were the spokesperson, if you will, on a Prager University video entitled, Why Good Teachers Want School Choice. Congratulations for that, and it looks like it's ticked up over 1.2 million views on Prager University site, 200,000 on YouTube. And that's wow. only in three days. We're recording on Thursday, so we released yeah. on Monday. So that's, that's just in the first three days. Well, you know, isn't that thrilling? Because for, you know, I've taught 28 years, and for 25 of those years, I was speaking out and speaking out about the problems with teachers' unions and how they're undermining our educational system. And, but I was speaking to one teacher at a time, one parent at a time, and the teachers' unions were pouring mil- multiple millions into their messaging um, so that people wouldn't understand that, that they are really the problem. And so I'm just thrilled to hear that we have uh, 1.25, right. uh, one and a quarter million views out there, and, and I hope it grows. I'm praying it grows exponentially. So what, is the me- what is the message of this uh, PragerU video? The message is that um, the real reason all children in America do not have school choice and all parents do not have choice is the teachers unions. And uh, then I teach the viewer that um, the reason teachers unions oppose school choice is because when teachers have choice and they can leave um, public schools that are dominated by unions, then teachers can leave the union. So the reason unions fight school choice is they lose the mandatory fees that all teachers have to pay if teachers leave those union-dominated schools. So uh, that's not a good motive 
for fighting school choice. Um, I believe school choice is the is the answer for our children, and uh, and that parents should be able to choose public, private, charter, homeschool, online school, whatever's best for their family and their child. Uh, and I just think it's wrong that um, a union that teachers are forced to fund is fighting that very good thing for children. And the essence of school choice is that the the the, the taxpayers' money that goes with not to the government-run school or to the teacher unions. It go, it follows the student to the cho- yes. to the school that his or her parents believe mm-hmm. is the best school for their child. That's exactly right. The video starts out teaching the viewer. Um, these videos are only five minutes. That's the great thing, and they're you know they're animated. They're very fun to watch. Uh, first couple minutes, I teach the viewer. Here's what school choice really is, because the unions have put out very deceptive talking points. Um, making people think that school choice means destroying public schools. Well, that's not true. Um, Public schools are part of school choice. So um, I explain school choice. The money follows the child. The parents take the money to the school of their choice. And, uh, you know, everybody gets the education they need. Can you give us an example of where school choice has been implemented the way you feel it should be implemented and has been successful and helped raise results in, uh, in, in the education? Oh, I could, I could give you numerous examples, but I'm going to tell you one that I, I, I choose this one because it's a, a personal friend is involved with it. So I have a personal friend who's involved with the um, charter schools in New York City. Um, they're run by uh, Eva Moskowitz. I don't know her or her organization, but this friend of mine was a donor to getting this started. And um, he was telling me the other day that they started a charter school on the same campus as a public school in an urban area of New York City. Same campus. So you have the exact same kids from the exact same neighborhood on the exact same campus. Only some are in a public school dominated by unions, and some are in a charter school, which is also a public school, um, that's not dominated by unions. The children in the charter school are performing head and shoulders above the children in the public school. So I think that's the best example because they're even on the same same playground. Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't the essence of school choice the concept of competition? Absolutely. Uh, competition improves everything, doesn't it? Free market, competition, yeah. Exactly. I mean, you, you have... Two grocery stores next to each other, the one that gives you what you want and it's clean and they have good prices, they're going to do better than the other one, right? So, exactly. Competition is, uh, I think, healthy, and I think we need it in education. Yep, but, but, but That's a good example, but imagine what would happen if the government provided free groceries through government-owned grocery stores. Oh, my goodness. But you could only go to the grocery store nearest to the where you live. Oh, what would happen to the quality of service and the quality of the food that you would get in your government-run grocery store that you, that you had to go to unless you could also pay right. the taxes for the food and then had enough money left over to go to a private mm. yeah, I don't grocery store? We, we don't even have to guess, Greg. Uh, you know, that's happening across the country. There are countries that are doing just that. And their people are hungry. <laughs> or, you know, I shouldn't laugh. It's a, it's a tragedy. Um, or they don't have 
uh, variety. They don't have what they need or what they want. We are uh, we are speaking to Rebecca. We need to take a quick break, and we want to come back and get your thoughts on Betsy DeVos, who is the Trump administration's uh, nominee for the Department of Education, and other uh, thoughts that you have about uh, the direction of our schools in our country. We're speaking to Rebecca Friedrichs. She was featured in a Prager University video that was just released on Monday, Why Good Teachers Want School Choice. We'll be back in a moment after a break from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to go when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. You know, when we talk about what the problems are that this country is facing, you know, there's national security issues. There's, uh, you know, the problems with the news media that have been uh, laid bare during this last uh, election cycle. But the most important, the, the most important area where the biggest fight exists for our future is in the schools. And, you know, we have a great champion of that of that issue with us on the phone right now, Rebecca Friedrich. She was the lead plaintiff in a lawsuit against the California Teachers Association. Uh, it was a free speech lawsuit. Uh, unfortunately, the timing of Justice Scalia's death uh, forced a four-four tie. Went back to the lower court ruling, but there is there there are other things that are going to be bubbling up about from that. We have uh, a great video uh, on Prager University that features Rebecca Friedrichs. Um, you can go to PragerU.com, P-R-A-G-E-R-U.com, and it's featured in the scrolling videos right on that homepage. Rebecca, we have a new administration, and with that, a new nominee for the Department of Education, Betsy DeVos. What are your thoughts about this, about the Trump administration's uh, choice for uh, heading up the Department of Education? I am so glad you asked me this question. I, President Trump could not have made a better choice. Betsy DeVos is a treasure of a woman. She has dedicated the last 30 years of her life and her fortune supporting children in her state, Michigan, and beyond her state, but specifically in her state. She has um, provided funds so that all sorts of children in dangerous and failing schools could escape those schools and have an outstanding education. I imagine their parents are eternally grateful to Betsy DeVos. Uh, Tragically, the teachers' unions and their allies are um, uh, attacking Betsy DeVos all over social media. On all the teachers' union um, websites, they're attacking her, asking people to sign against her. Um, that is the most foolish thing. Uh, and like I said before, the motives are wrong. Betsy DeVos stands for children. And uh, schools are for kids. So I think she's an outstanding choice. Um, and I also believe that my video helps um, to explain to people why the teachers' unions would oppose 
Betsy DeVos. So I encourage your um, your audience, if they're interested in that uh, topic, to watch the video and share it with their friends. So help them to understand why they would attack such a wonderful um, champion for our schools. There was a great statistic on your video explained that since 1970, the number of students in the government-run schools, and I prefer that to public schools, they really are the government schools, not mm-hmm. public schools, That's true. has gone up by 5%. But the number of employees of the government-run schools have gone up by 95%. That's 5% more students and 95% more employees. Mm. Yes, yes. And uh, tragically, no improvement. <laughs> That's the tragedy. Uh, uh, you know, I also cite that California is 45th in the nation in math and reading. That's that's wrong. Um, we should be, you know, every child in America should be in a great school. Every single child should have a great teacher every year. And um, those, that statistic you just quoted wouldn't exist if... Um, if we were focusing on the kids instead of focusing on labor labor unions and their their work rules and their desire to get more and more and more and more employees who are paying them more and more dues. I'm glad you brought that statistic up because not only is California near the bottom, we're near the top in terms of the num- amount of money that we spend per child, aren't we? Uh, yeah, well, you know, the per child is different. Um, for each district, it literally changes district to district. So that's why we put we help the um, people to understand that here in California, we're spending over 52 percent of our state budget on education, 52 percent, and the unions just keep asking for more. How much more do they want? Um, we have to pay for roads. We have to pay for, you know, firefighters and police. I mean, we have other needs. And we're already getting the lion's share of the budget, and we're doing a dismal job. That, in my mind, that's immoral. Uh, we should be outstanding. We should be providing excellence in our schools. And, uh, and I believe we could do that tomorrow if right. we could get our focus on kids. Looking at money, if we go back to 1970 and to the spending now, after adjusting for inflation, the spending in the government-run schools per student since 1970, has more than doubled. Wow. Yet, wow. as you point out, the quality of the education is certainly no better and probably even worse than it was in 1970. So right. money, more money is not the answer. And we're coming up on the end of our show. I want to thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. And if you go to PragerU.com, you can find your video. Or if you type in schoolchoicenow.com we'll go to another page where you can support school choice and competition and also see your video on that page thank you Rebecca for everything you do and thank you for joining us on our show today thank you gentlemen for helping me to uh, share the truth with the American people God bless you and God bless America (laughs) God bless you too join us next week on Unite IE Radio When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.